Amen and amen. You can be seated. Let me enjoy the music this morning. Well, it's good to be in the presence of God. I know the Catholics down here are not open yet, but we found out this week that we were just as essential as Walmart and a liquor store. They kept the dope houses open, kept the liquor stores open, kept the abortion clinics open, but the church closed the churches. Just a little taste of what's coming. This is just the, the fire being turned up under the water just a little bit. And uh, don't get comfortable or you'll never jump out. You see how quickly they closed the churches down. Didn't hear one objection from anybody. Not even the message preachers. Well, we've got to watch the old people. Well, I'm about the oldest one in here. <laughs> I, 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 I should have copped out and said, I'm old. We've got to stay closed until we protect the 80-year-olds. Can't be around you because I might get contaminated. Amen. But we have a promise. Amen. Today we uh, are, or this weekend is Memorial Weekend, and we're honoring the soldiers that basically give their lives for the uh, freedom or the right to keep the church doors open. So therefore, while we got this small period of time left, and I don't think we have much more time left, that we'll be able to gather together and worship, we need to use our freedom to worship to the best ability that we can. Amen. Good to see each one of you here this morning. Bill and Judy, Joe, Aaron, good to see you all here from South Carolina. And uh, is north or south? South Carolina. I'm glad it's South Carolina because anything northness don't seem to work out too good. Amen. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the prophet said, watch New York? He said, watch New York. Strange things will happen in New York. It's been the key to all of our misery, basically, so... So watch all the Democrats. If you happen to be a Democrat this morning, we'll have the altar call later on. And you can come up and you, you can uh, confess your sins. And God's faithful and just to forgive you all your sins and make you a Republican. I mean, a Christian. <laughs> can you say amen for that? <laughs> if you don't want complete lockdown and complete control, you see who's doing it. So you should be able to kind of get a little awake. I believe this squeeze is absolutely ordained of God. It is exactly what He told us that would precede a period of time where the anointed would actually not come back, but come back in the sense that we're talking about. Because He probably told us like Moses and different ones, when you reject the message, the Holy Spirit pulls back. For the rejection and waits for a period of time, then brings persecution, and then he comes back to deliver again. So he promised us right before the resurrection that the anointing or the third pull, whatever way you want to call it, the presence of God himself, the pillar of fire that was here in the meetings with Brother Branham, and performed all those great works and miracles that he would return. And I know most people in the message believe that's when Brother Branham comes back, that he can only be here when Brother Branham comes back, but that's not what he said. That the Holy Spirit is here, and he told us in 1965 or 4 that he would absolutely depart the scene, but the one that was doing all the works would not leave. 
But seemingly he left because we did not have a revelation that he was here. We didn't have the power or the revelation that the Holy Spirit was here. God is here. We didn't have the faith to move it. And we read that quote last week where he said the power is here, but you don't have that faith that he's here to move it. So we have preached the perusia or the presence for years. And we first started out, I'm kind of getting old now, I can reminisce. And this is what we want to bring back. When Jesus left the scene in the book of Acts, we found out that the disciples absolutely mimicked or brought forth the very ministry of Jesus. They copied it. And what I mean copy is, I believe they've absolutely seen how Jesus worked, how he talked to the people, what he said, how he conducted himself. They looked at that, they followed that, and when he left, they basically copied what he'd done. And we found out by mimicking Jesus Christ, they absolutely wrote a book of Acts, a continuation of the ministry of Christ. When we first started out, when I come in, that was years ago now, in basically mid-70s or somewhere along in there, all I had was books, and I read where Brother Ram said, you can do the same thing. These signs will follow you, uh, that you preach the gospel, this is the message, this is what it says, this is what the word is. You can do the same works. Mark 16 will follow you if you preach this message. We went out and done that and copied what Brother Branham done and said, and you know what? It happened. We got among the message people in meetings, and the miracles began to flow, and the casting out of the devils out in Tucson, different places. And the ministry began to say, well, you're mimicking or you're copying Brother Branham. You're teaching that the presence, that's wrong, but you're mimicking, so therefore that makes you false anointed. Yeah, we don't dispute that you're getting miracles and results. People are getting healed, the devils are cast out. But uh, what you're saying that God is here in the Prusia and the oneness of the God, that's wrong, so you have to be false anointed. You're only mimicking or copying the prophet. Well, that's what I thought we should do. So we found out that that began to demise or what more, so we didn't want to copy the prophet, so we backed off of that. And you found out all the churches didn't want to be Pentecostal, so they didn't want to be identified with the prayer lines, the crying, the altar calls, and all that anymore, so they backed off. They set in a church order, and then all the preachers automatically become teachers. And then for the last now, what, 45 years or so, All you've had is a teaching ministry or a teaching ring. Now, we're looking at the what is this squeeze all about, and we're in one of the greatest depressions now that's ever struck America or the world. You may not have felt it. We may not feel it to the extent yet that we're standing in food lines, but it's coming. You say, well, I believe Trump will restore the economy. Well, he's a businessman, but if God doesn't want it restored, no man can restore it. And he's got every power, every nation working contrary to him ever restoring this economy back the way that it was. The old story is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And that's the way it's going to be until we are as a church. The prophet said we'll be forced completely out and we will not be having services. I looked to where the basically the religious systems, World Council of Churches with politics, will basically cause maybe four or five major systems like Lowe's and Walmart, the box companies. They'll have it in churches where you have to belong to that system. What more to be able to open your doors for meetings, which we know then 
that our doors will be closed as far as they know. And he said they'd even put you in jail for praying for the sick. I always wonder why he said they'd be put you in jail for praying for the sick if we don't believe in prayer or healing the sick anymore. So we found out in our studies so far, looking at this persecution or the, what we're entering into, is the squeeze will not add anything to your faith that you don't already have. It's not going to give you more faith. The squeeze will not produce a revelation. People say, well, when the squeeze comes and Brother Brown comes back, we'll get a revelation. Then the revelation will take us on so-and-so. The squeeze will not produce a revelation. The squeeze is only, only going to bring out of us what we have been taught, the teaching ring for the last 45 years. Because the prophet told you in the church age book, the Pentecostal revival and basically his ministry, they called it the latter rain, which the manifestation of the gifts. He said that wasn't the final outpouring. That was not it. He said the Pentecostals thought it was it for the rapture, but it wasn't because the prophet teacher had not come yet to properly interpret the word or set the word in order. In other words, faith, mechanical Bible faith has not been put in order yet. Bible faith. Now when I say Bible faith, I'm looking at faith where it says substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You hear it, the preacher preaches there's going to be a rapture. You hear it and somehow you take his word for it. And then you start looking for it, and you expect it to come somewhere down the road. Now, that's faith. You confess there's going to be a rapture. Uh, you worship like there's going to be one. You act like there's going to be one, but you don't have it yet. You're looking for something to come. But it must move from the faith now to basically a revelation. And a revelation is basically what you understand is fulfilled by the teaching. So without the teaching, you won't have a revelation. Now, Brother Branham interchanged these words so much that it gets confusing, and it has been confusing, and it is a little confusing until we understand that faith is something that you're looking for, but you really don't have it yet. You're expecting it, you're confessing it, but the manifestation or the reality of it, you don't have. But like healing, he said, now really, when you receive, you can have faith for healing, but uh, he said, now, a sister told me, but Brother Branham, I got faith. He said, no, if you had faith, you'd be healed. Wait a minute, what is he saying? He said, you don't have a revelation. Once you get a revelation, you're healed, you'll be healed. So he interchanged faith of looking for something to happen to a revelation of something that you already have. Because he said, see, God has already healed you. And if you get a revelation of that, then the manifestation will take place. Then he said, take this message for your healing. So there has to be a reality of something that's already been fulfilled that we must take and it will produce in us what we're looking for. Are you following? So we're looking at this, why the squeeze, and we understand that the squeeze is going to bring us or transcend, take us from a teaching portion, let's call it the shout, to another phase called active faith, passive faith to active faith. There's no thing in the Bible that's passive faith, but passive faith is teaching doctrine. We said here, class after class after class, we teach you doctrine, we teach on the Godhead, we teach on the sovereignty of God, these subjects, and you go over them over, mechanic, mechanic, you get a sense knowledge of it, which is a faith. But then it must come a revelation. Upon this revelation, I'll build my church, thou art the Christ. In other words, this is it.
You are it. Now, upon the ability that you can say, this is it, I'm going to build my church. Thou art the Christ. Well, I thought, who, are, who do you think I am? Well, Moses want more Messiah that has come. But you are the Messiah. You are the prophecy, or you are the Word made flesh. And I'm saying there's no more to come. You're it. That's a revelation. Not looking for it. It's sitting right there in front of them. It's a revelation. So I believe that we're now moving, and the time is here, that we're moving from the teaching reign. Teaching, 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 to an active faith. An active faith is where we're coming to where we read last week that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. You're looking at an active faith that where we'll come to a perfection wanting nothing. We'll get the scriptures here in a few minutes. If you want to turn your Bibles to John 16, 22 to 24, we'll look at that text this morning. So between now, between the shout, that's what we're moving out of now, the shout to the voice, or you moving from the voice to the trump, one or the other, we made a transition. I believe that we moved from the shout to the voice many years ago. So there's a line been crossed. If we're into the trump, then basically we're farther down the line than we think because then the resurrection is right at hand. If we've moved from the voice of resurrection, in other words, coming to a revelation of the shout, then we are in now where the trump is sounding forth for that anointing to come, to raise the dead, to go. So it looks like we are actually moving from the voice of the archangel, which is no more than the shout, moved to another form. The shout was a message that the prophet brought. The voice of the archangel is only that revelation in a bride form with the same confession, preaching the same gospel that brings them to a complete understanding of what's going on. And then the trump of God is basically then the revelation being complete. The anointing comes on that teaching to take them out. So we can look for any time now, any service now, it'll be a corporate. It could start with individuals, but I believe it'll start moving in the minds of the ministry. Then basically they'll begin to put it, and it'll begin to move as corporate. Is it going to be a corporate anointing? The bride will be anointed around the world. They will come to one mind with one, one, one voice. Now watch. So we have moved now from a passive faith to an active faith. And we understand that there is a mental faith or a sense knowledge faith, which comes by hearing over and over and over. Then it must bring you to a spiritual revelation. Now, I know these are words, if you don't quite grasp them, then it's going to be a little bit confusing. We've got to come to a revelation. And a revelation is saying, I have arrived, this is it, there's no more, and I'm not moving off of it. There is a short season, Brother Brown said, a short, quick work, where the third pull in the time of the squeeze, the squeeze will bring forth a short, quick work, which is the anointing, what you've seen in a minor way, which is the spoken word, the seals and those things like that, you'll see it in its fullness. In other words, it will anoint the body of Christ. There won't be one man set up a tent. We all follow the tent around the world and get the revelation. The mechanics is already preached. You've already been taught. You have Bible faith. You have Bible faith. Bible faith has now come to a revelation. I know and believe that Malachi 4, 5, and 6 has been fulfilled. It is complete. It is over. 
It's not coming no more. It is done. I believe it because I took a man's word for it and God vindicated that man's word to be true. That makes me a part of it. All right. So if we start following these steps, you'll find out that the anointing now will come right before the sleeping saints appear to the living. And we will not be sick. There won't be one sick person in the body of Christ when the dead appears. There will be a period of time. Because remember, Brother Brown had two commissions. To take the word, the gospel to the world. And also a gift of healing. And he preached healing and the word. Healing and the presence. Healing and the presence. Over and over and over. So there will be a period of time, Brother Brown said, there won't be one sick person among us in that short period of time right before the resurrection. And that anointing, when it begins to heal the sick among us without prayer lines, a lot of hoop to do, a lot more screaming and hollering like the Pentecostal, then you will know that the sleeping saints are about to appear. We will know that. So when we begin to feel the Holy Spirit moving among us, and all of a sudden you wake up healed, because you took this message for your healing. See, and now the prophet, if he was here this morning, he would say, look, I have been vindicated before you. In other words, I have preached to you for 45 years. I've taught you the truth. You can take it back to the Bible. You can take it back to Scripture. We have taught the mechanics over and over that it is true. Now, take my word for it. Take my word for it, and you will be healed. That's the hardest kind of faith you're going to have. Perfect faith is taking a man's word for it without you knowing or having any experience that it is true and believing that it is true because you took a man's word for it. That's perfect faith. Matter of fact, that's the way it's been all the way through the Scriptures. And we'll look at it this morning to see how simple it really is. So we're looking for, and we are now in, I believe we have moved into, the active faith, whereby you will see the repeat of the book of Acts, where ministers now that have been properly taught, if you haven't been taught doctrine, you'll go right back to the Pentecostal presentation of it, which will take you into the tribulation. Being properly taught, you will know what the anointing is doing and the reason for it, and that is resurrection. We're not looking for tents and different things. We're looking for the sleeping saints to appear because I am complete now. I have a revelation. And I know that it is true. In other words, young people, you have come out in this hour that you didn't see what we have saw. But you have took a preacher's word for it, and you have and must make a decision whether it is the truth or whether it is error. That's all you can do. We have a sense knowledge that gives us faith by principles. We went over the principles in the last two or three services because why? We went back since this time happened. We went back to when we were working in active faith. When we preach, God answers prayer according to need. And He done it. You can cast out devils in my name. He done it. You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He did it. These signs shall follow what you preach. He done it. 
Then we went to, because we didn't have a revelation, God took us through this period of time, teach us doctrine, 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 dry, boring doctrine. Over and over and over again until mechanically you could say, Preacher, I got that. I got it. Now, where is the results of it? He is here to do it. We are moving into that cycle this morning of active faith or the presentation or the return of the anointing back to the body of Christ that had been properly taught to bear witness to the Word of God. There is a faith of the Bible with principles like problem, promise, provision, believe, confess, act. Those are laws of faith that the Bible teaches. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But those things that are seen are not any longer faith. They're real. In other words, Brother Bam called them substance. They're now substance. But substance is the assurance. And the old word substance is not really what we're looking at. In other words, if I promise you a, a microphone... There's coming a microphone, and then all of a sudden, this is a microphone. Now you've moved from faith, looking for the microphone, to a revelation. I got the microphone. If I teach you the principle of healing, 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 you confess an act in the law. He said that mechanical law will bring you to the revelation that you're healed. The revelation that you're healed is where the manifestation of the healing takes over. And produces itself and reels it up. So we looked at our trial of faith last week. What's going to be tried is the principle of Bible faith. But we're looking at this morning that when you come to a revelation, no man can take that in revelation and not try it. Revelation is a product of coming through the trial. Amen? Okay. So we were told by the prophet that the rapture is a revelation. And the bride is waiting for it. Okay? Then what is she waiting for? She's waiting for the revelation. Revelation is knowing something. So to know something, we had to be able to hear something. So like I said, we have taught, well, this is what this was. The shout was this. The sound was that. People disagree, but we've been teaching back and forth, third pull, whatever, all these things. Until we come now to the message perfect faith where Brother Brown preached perfect faith pertaining to the rapture. He called perfect faith taking his word for it. And he used the speaking of the squirrels as the evidence or the authority for us to take his word on healing and the rapture. Okay. Therefore, when the conditions for the rapture has taken place, See, he preached on the, on the rapture, but he preached on conditions for the rapture. If the Bible said Malachi 4, 5, and 6 has to come, that's a condition for the revelation of the rapture. Well, then who's going to bring me the revelation of the rapture? Malachi 4, 5, and 6. 
If Acts 3.19 says uh, heavens must retain Jesus until the restitution of all things, and we find out that he said, I'm here to restore and open the book, then I can say, well, that scripture has been fulfilled. See? First Thessalonians said, the Lord shall descend. He's not going to start, stop, go back up, stop, go back up, stop, go back. The Lord shall descend. When he descends, he's going to be here to bring you a shout, voice, trump. Then he goes back up with us. The Lord descends. Shout, voice, trump. It's the Lord's presence here. One form, another form, another form. It's the same thing over. Here's the shout and the prophet. Here's the voice and the bride. Shout in the bride, here's the trump, same thing going up. The Holy Spirit, come down with a message, I'm here, take my word for it, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you, I'm going to bring a resurrection, then I'm going to take you to the marriage supper to meet the Son of God in the air. All right. Once those conditions now has been fulfilled, they're no longer faith. See? So when the conditions for the rapture has been fulfilled, then those things are after the fact. You cannot understand the fulfillment of the Word of God until it's after the fact and someone teaches you what the Word fulfilled, how it was done, and what you are looking at. Like the Bible said, this is that that was spoken of Joel. What is this? People speaking in tongues under the anointing in the book of Acts? All right, after the fact, Peter said, this is that. You're just looking for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon all flesh and Joel. You look for it, people promise. Now this is that that was spoken. Therefore, it's not longer faith. It's coming. Now it's a fact that it's here. Now then you have a revelation of the word being fulfilled or the fulfilled word gives you character or stability in your walk with God. Are you following me now? We're coming to a fixed mind. We're coming to the place that we will stand here and say, this is it. The prophet said it. I believe it. I'm going to stand on it. I'm not going to shake from it. This is it. I'm not looking for no more. I'm going to take my stand on this is it. What it tells me is absolutely the truth. If it tells me that God is here and He has healed me, I am healed. Then the battle starts. Because your mind is going to tell you through your senses that you're not. We'll get to that just in a few minutes. Watch. So faith must become a revelation. I know they didn't change. Well, it's the same thing. It's not, really. Faith must become a revelation. Which is what? This is it. This is what the Scripture is talking about. It is now reality, and it is history. If this is history, then what is in front of me that I'm hoping for? And if you'll follow step by step, you're going to come up to the realm 
of the presence of God and you're looking for the sleeping saints to appear. You say, oh, well, wait a minute. I, I don't even have any movement or any option of looking. I don't wake up in the morning looking for the sleeping saints. Okay, then what's going to cause you to do that? Step back one more. The anointing that comes to bring out that's in you in this time of the squeeze. And the squeeze that we're going to get tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter until you turn loose of this. And this calls for God to come back, which He's already here anyhow. And you start opening your mouth and talking to God, our Father that is here. Ministers begin to speak the Word as though they did have authority that they've already got. And you see the results of prayer that we must see before we get out of here. And then you'll know that I have what I say I have. When, you, when we call what I'm talking about the third pool moving around us, which is only the presence of God moving among us, our faith moves Him in the needs and answers the prayer that we have need of, that condition will let me know the next step is seeing the sleeping saints, period. You won't have any desire or any thought of seeing them until that anointing comes. Okay? My question is, how hot does the water have to get before we begin to change our minds, our thinking? Now, let's look at our text. Let's go bigger. So, we're looking at this progress of the squeeze, what it's going to produce. John 16, 22 to 24. It tells us what in John. And you now, therefore, have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. Let, let me do this this morning. Let's just let's pull this down to today. We know that the ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man in ministry, is Jesus in the Alpha. We believe that Malachi 4 repeated the Son of Man in ministry in Brother Branham the Prophet. is a duplication of the same ministry of the pillar of fire. Alpha and Omega, the same thing. Two different men, Jesus, Son of God, and a prophet. Only the man is different. Same pillar of fire done this in the man. Same pillar of fire done this through a man. So you're looking at the same God here as you're looking at here. All right. So we can absolutely apply this today as Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Right? All right. Let's put it down to our hour. And ye now therefore have sorrow. The prophet is fixing to go off of the scene. They didn't know it, but now we know it. I'm fixing to leave, but that one is here will remain. Come on, church. Amen now. There's the crutch of everything that you have need of. God is here to meet your need. And you must have a revelation of that that He's here to move Him to meet your need. He will meet your need. Amen. Now, therefore, you have sorrow. Probably fix the lead and say, I will see you again. Everybody's looking for him in the resurrection and the rapture. When I first come in, all he's looking for was Brother Brown coming back, Brother Brown coming back, set up the tent, on and on and on. Watch. I'm, uh, you'll see me again, and your heart shall be full. Rejoice. Everybody's looking for the resurrection of Brother Brown, set up the tent, that we can have this big healing line, and everybody's going to be happy. But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. Watch. And your joy. Now, let's look at this word joy. The joy is the stimulation of the Word of God. Joy speaks of strength, and strength speaks of revelation. If you don't have a revelation, you don't have no joy. 
if I could get across to you by the grace of God this morning, by His help and His ability, and that's the only way it can be done, that I could preach the gospel to His presence so real that it would get through your mind, down to your heart, back out of your mouth, and the healing would climax, and you'd be healed, the cancer gone, the tumor gone, everything gone. You would rejoice. You would be happy. Glory to God. You would feel wonderful. That's what we're trying to get across that it's here. That revelation, your joy, no man taketh from you. I can put it like this. When you understand the presence of God and the fulfilled word, no one is going to take your joy or your revelation from you. No man's going to talk to you out of Brother Brandon was not a prophet. No man's going to tell you the seals are not open. No man is going to tell you that Jesus Christ is not the same yesterday and forever. No man is going to tell you that the gifts are done away with. No man is going to tell you that God's not still here healing the sick. Come on, let's agree with that. We need his healing, then somebody's got to have a problem and believe that he's here to do it. No man can take that away from you. That's revelation. That's your joy. If you knew this morning beyond a shadow of a doubt, whatever it takes, if an angel appeared to you. Well, let's just say Brother Bram. You got more confidence than Brother Bram you got in an angel anyway. So if Brother Bram come back and he said, I'm Brother Bram, you probably wouldn't even recognize him. But he said, I'm Brother Branham, and I'm Peter, and here's your ticket. You're made it. You're in. In a few months, I'm going to come back. You're going to be changing. We're going to go to the marriage supper with the Lamb. Just keep this ticket in your hand. What would you do? I guarantee you to go to church. Here's my ticket. Glory to God. I got a ticket. Praise God. You may not have a ticket, but I got a ticket. Glory to God. I got a, I'm going to make it. I jerk that ticket out of your hand. Now what you got? What I'm trying to tell you is, you had something that you was real to you. You took a man's word for it. But the problem of it is, did you try that person to see it was an imitation of an angel or devil or Brother Branham or what was it? We've got a man preaching around the world. Did Brother Branham come back to him, told him he'd take this commission? He heard him preach in a motel room on and on and on. Now he's got two or three women with da 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 and here you go. Can we have that assurance? Absolutely. Well, in that day, that's Hebrews 13, 8 now, in the Omega, ye shall ask me nothing. Everybody used to run to Jonesboro. They'd run to Jeffersonville. They slept in his front yard, the backyard, and everywhere else, trying to get to Brother Brown. If I can only get to Brother Brown, he's in contact with God. If I can get to the one in contact with God, God will meet my need. So all we got to do is get in hold of somebody that's in contact with God. Well, I thought every believer in here was in contact with God. How many is in contact with God? If you're born again, the first thing born in your heart is faith. And that's a revelation that you are a son of God. You have access to the Father. You're the big I and the little him. Come on now. You are just as important as ever prophet, ever star, Abraham, or anyone else. You're the same as Jesus Christ was to the Father. And he'll meet your need just the same as Jesus asking. All right. You shall ask, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, 
He will give it you. That's pretty simple. Now, what's going to keep me from believing that? What is believe? Take a man's word for it with the assurance that what he said would come to pass without you having any knowledge or experience of it being true. So if you can take even God's word for it in written form and put it in your mouth and make it spoken form, the same Spirit that speaks the word out of your mouth is the same Holy Ghost speaking the word that created the worlds. You mean to tell me that I can take the word of God and be my own spokesman, be my own mediator, be my own access to the Father, and exercise and hear my own words coming out of my, out of my mouth, believing what I'm telling you is the truth because I'm reading it out of the book, and that word go down into my heart, come back out to my body and mind as a manifested word of God? Amen. When I'm telling you that by His stripes, I am healed, I was healed, and I am healed, I'm not lying. The key is this then. Don't let your mind consider anything else but that. It's not mind over matter now. I read where Brother Branham talked about this woman. He was uh, being kept at home. He said there was something hindering me at home, whatever more. And this lady come by. And she was praying, I hope Brother Bam's home one more. And she had cancer. I hope Brother Bam's home one more. And he said, I was delayed until I walked out. And she drove up. Well, Brother Bam, I'm glad to catch you. He said, uh, he said, sis, I know what you hear. You're here for her cancer. He said, I'm going to give you a little key. Don't never think about it again. And it'll go away. Now that, you said, boy, that was great. Now that's pretty hard. Don't give it another thought. How in the world am I going to have cancer and not give it another thought? Because every time the doctor punches a hole in me, my back hurts, I look in the mirror, and I can see death road all over me, how am I going to get my mind off of the problem? But that's what he said. Don't give it another thought. In other words, don't let the mind dwell on the problem. Only think about the promise. Rejoice over the promise. I have it because God said so. Amen. Praise be to God. You can feel the third pull coming in already. Hither, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your revelation or your joy may be full. In other words, it will come to a complete revelation that you are now the sons and daughters of God. And the resurrection is at hand. It's over. It is complete. We're not looking for something new. We're not looking for something to come. It is here. He said, oh, well, now, brother, wait a minute, brother. All right, let's go to John. Verse 17, verse 9 to 13. I hope I can speed up this morning because I've got more than I can get to. We'll skip some of it. Why the squeeze? Verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine. Jesus talked in riddles too. Watch it. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. 
And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. None of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. What was Jesus' joy? Revelation that I always do the will of the Father. He knew who he was. Verse 21, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, <laughs> that they may be one, even as we are one. If you'll go through, I think, the 244 times that Brother Brown mentioned the word persecution. He only used the word squeeze one time. He used persecution the other 243 times. Almost every reference to persecution was to bring the people back in oneness and harmony with each other. He said, we need a persecution to drive the church back together. There's a persecution coming that you won't think that you're Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal. It will drive you all back together as one. There's a persecution coming. Amen. I pray that that persecution will make us one. Why did we conquer the Indians, he said? Because they wanted to fight their own battles. They wouldn't get together as one people. So the Apaches fought by themselves. The Comanches fought by themselves. And this one fought by themselves. They never would get together and withstand the American forces. They would fight as a tribe here. They fought as a tribe here. So all we had to do is move over here, conquer the Comanche. Move over here, conquer this group. Conquer that group. Divided, they fell. So the churches. So he said it will take a persecution to drive us back together as one. Oneness. Come back to one mind, one faith, one doctrine. That will take the squeeze. That's what it's here doing now. It is in the process. There will be a process that will squeeze people out because we'll be forced to make a decision on the doctrine of the perusia of Christ. He's either here or he's not here. If he's here, he'll answer prayer. If he's not here, it'll take a long time for him to get here. So full of joy, which is the revelation of the descending of the Lord himself. And his following now. The revelation that the Lord has descended. The presence of God being here. The appearing. There is your key to move that power. If you don't believe that He's here, you can't move Him. But if you believe that He's here, you can talk to Him as Father to Son. You can make your petition known, which He already knows it. And make your need known. And you said you said you were my protector, my provider, that you would answer my petition according to my need. 
Now, in the name of Jesus, I receive the engrafted word in my heart. It is done. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And you rejoice because you have a revelation that you are a son of God. The Father has met your need and you rejoice in it and you tell somebody. So this squeeze is contingent or the oneness to bring us back into one group. I've never seen a movement so divided as this follows the message. We can't even go 30 miles in fellowship with another church. Every preacher's got their own little version of it. Every preacher's got his own little territory of it. And basically, they're not going to give up their territory or their fellowship to anyone else. Maybe one or two churches has a meeting, maybe. And they'll invite a preacher over once a year to preach for them. And then maybe next year, they'll invite him back to preach. That's all. That's all. Separated. And guess, like little Indians were separated. Guess what the devil is going to do now? In this time of squeeze and persecution. Oh, he let us separate. He let us have our little meetings. But now he said, I've got them separated. Now I'm going to take and conquer one group at a time. And he's doing it. But there's a bride there that has a revelation. They're not looking for something to come. They're not hoping that God will intervene. They know that He's here. He is their shield. He is their protector. He will meet my needs. I'm not looking for it. I've got it. This is it. Amen. So I've got it just a few minutes. We looked at the trial of our faith. And we found that there can be no promise without a problem. No promise without a problem. In other words, God cannot heal where there is no sickness. He cannot save a man that needs no salvation. Whatever happens in this time of squeeze, whatever happens in the next few months, the reason why it happens is to bring us and conform us to the image of Christ. The greater the trial, the greater the prize. We've said many times that God has given us faith. He's given us His own kind of faith. It is called the faith of Jesus. The revelation that God has given us, that He Himself is here. He had His picture taken. He's Hebrews 13, 8. That revelation can and will produce Mark 16. Only by the revelation of Hebrews 13, 8 will Mark 16 be performed. Are you following me? Only by revelation of Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and this is it. Will Mark 16 be performed? These signs shall follow those that preach. He is here. I'm only telling you what the prophet told us. Now we got to get it because this is what he's telling. Now watch. In other words, the perusia or the presence that he is here, that the word has been fulfilled, actually gives us the victory. We must remember now, our faith, our Bible faith will be tried. What do you mean by Bible faith? Well, now, Brother Branham said this here. Is this really now, is the, third, is the, third, is the seal really opened? 
Now, Brother Ben said over here, the rapture now, you know, but, you know, uh, well, Brother Ben taught this one morning. Oh, this guy, Brother Ben taught, wait a minute. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Is this really it? Most churches, most people that understood God's inner prophet is still waiting for something. They're still waiting for something. Brother Branham represents the physical identity of something. Brother Branham gave you your assurance by what happened that something was here besides a man. But they identified that something here with the man. And without the man, there was nothing here that seemed to work. Are you, is that true? That's, last 45 years. Our faith in the Bible or the shout is going to be tried. Your mechanics, your teaching of the message is what's going to be tried. Are you sure this is it? Are you sure that Brother Bam wasn't false? Are, are you sure that the Lord is just anyway? Does that really mean? Oh, no, no, that's the second coming. That can't be. Oh, you, you don't tell me that uh, God is here himself. Are you trying to tell me that Jesus, the glorified man, is sitting on the mercy seat? No, no, no. He went back to dust. I know this is Memorial Day and it's not critical. He didn't go back to dust. You say, why do you keep repeating that all the time? Because the mechanics has to be right. You can't believe that Jesus went back to dust and you're looking for him to come. If he went back to dust and he turned around and come back as the Holy Ghost and you've received him, then what are you worried about then? If you shout over being born again and have the Holy Ghost, you got it. Oh, but yeah, but Brother Bram said the Holy Ghost is not again. You don't. Oh, wait, I'm confused. That's the problem. The mechanics is what's got us confused. Teaching is what got us confused. So our Bible faith, the teaching is going to be tried. Amen. Just look back the last 10 years. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be out by noon. Why is this follow the sign and all the preachers dropping out over the cloud, the bear, and the sword, and the form where having to fall off the bridge? I've had these same men in my house preaching. When I first started, they, were, they taught the prophet this, the prophet, they wrote books on it. Oh, they believe the prophet. They do more teaching than I do. Now, all of a sudden, they don't believe Brother Brown's a prophet. They don't believe this. They don't believe that. Whatever more. They just dropped out, quit. He's false. How does that happen? Well, yeah, somebody come up with a theory and prove to me that it wasn't 10, it was 8. Oh, okay, that's good. Well, he said he'd get the bear and he didn't get the bear. Oh, okay, that wipes it all out. Praise God, it's done now. I'll go back and serve the devil. Hello? Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Your revelation that this is it is going to be tried. And it has been tried. The trying of our Bible faith is over. Because this transition has moved now from the shout 
over here to another realm, that's over. You've either made the decision and you're standing, or you made a decision that it's not right and you've already gone. But if this is it, it's time to open your mouth and act like it. What do you mean act like it? Your works is what comes out of your mouth. You say, I thought works is go stand on the street corner, pass out, baking case and all. No, no, that's, that's physical work. The works that God spoke to was speaking the word. Come on now, watch. Don't let your confidence in the promise waver. He is here. The time of the squeeze must come. It is here. In other words, this is it. Let me step over here this morning. Let me look at this. Brother Bram said this must be revelation. A revelation is a confession. Confession means to say the same thing. He said, say what I said about it. If you had to read it, read it. But just say what I said about it. This morning then, let me ask you, looking back of all the last 40 years where we're at, looking at the spirituality in all the churches, all the divisions and everything else, are we weak in faith or strong in faith? If you say we're weak in faith, that's a lie. That is a lie. Because we have never been stronger in faith. In other words, if you had watched the teaching reign, if it had done its work, let patience have its perfect works, then you will want no, you'll become entire wanting nothing. You had to be taught, taught, taught until you understand and you see it. Now then you are fixed. I don't have to persuade you that Brother Branham was a prophet. You understand and you know and believe that he was a prophet. And nobody is going to talk you out of it. Let's look at now. Just a few minutes. Jump some more. The prophet speaking from serves this at a time. I believe that's in 1963. To the period of time, attraction on the mountain. Uh, that's almost two and a half years in there. That period of time. Sirs, is this a time? And he talked about the cloud appearing as the sign of the coming of Jesus Christ. From the attraction on the mountain, watch what he says. He said, the observatories and all of them in Tucson are still asking research of science, trying to find out what it is. So high that it can't be fog, mist, or nothing up there. He said, what did it? Where is it at? They're just as puzzled of that supernatural halo hanging yonder in the sky as they was when the Magi's come in following a star saying, where is he that's born king of the Jews? Well, he told you right there that that sign was the sign of the coming of Christ. And he preserves this at the time. He said, what was it? God fulfilling His Word. Okay, what Word did He fulfill? Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Revelation 10, 1 to 7, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, Luke 17, 30, 
and on and on. Now that word was fulfilled. How many knew it? How many knows it even today? He said, now watch. And there shall rise a star out of Jacob. And the God of heaven promised the evening time would come and have evening lights. Three years ago, this mystery, which was the coming of the Lord, was a prophecy. It was something that you were looking for to come. What time is it, sir? That's when he preached it. But now, it's history. Now it's history. It's past. The promise is fulfilled. Think about it now. What time is it, sir, and what's the attraction? God fulfilling His Word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What is the attraction on the mountain? All right, here, y'all want to come real close, please. I read and preached and heard that Elijah must come and restore all things. That is now history. So all things have been restored. You say, well, I don't know what they are. That don't make any difference. A car is a car, a dog is a dog, eagle is eagle, prophet is a prophet. He comes and he, go, he left. Well, I've heard about the mystery of the seven seals. I, that, we had not got them figured out yet. But this day, that prophet, that scripture is fulfilled. The thunders have sounded. The mysteries was revealed. Revelation 10, 1, the Lord did descend. 1 Thessalonians 1 has transpired. The shout is over. It is history. Well, I heard about the Spirit going to be poured out upon all flesh in the latter day, according to the book of Acts. That is history. That happened in the Pentecostal age in the charismatic movement. The Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh. It's not coming. It's over. Well, I've heard about judgment coming to America. Uh, we we got to wait on that. Judgment on America is history. This day, that scripture has fulfilled and is fulfilling itself. The sixth seal is unfolding, unfolding, unfolding. Oh, yeah, but we, we got to wait till the sixth seal. That hadn't come yet. The sixth seal opened at the Alaskan earthquake in 1960, whatever, and it's been continuing on since then. The judgment is here. The judge is here. It is over. And we have been found not guilty. I keep trying to tell you, God Himself said, you are not guilty. Then if I'm not guilty, the prophet said in Sabino Canyon, I have no more guilt. He said when he spoke to Stormway, I have no more fear. When he spoke to Squirrels, he said, I have no more doubt. If my guilt is gone, my fear is gone, and all doubt has been removed... What hindereth you, little bride? Believing it and making a decision is the only thing that's left. Oh, yeah, Brother Craig. Well, I've got to wait on Russia going after, after the oil. That's history. 
Oh, we got to wait on the squeeze when that Great Depression comes. Oh, you know, it's going to be bad. It's here. I can remove every excuse you got and I got. We are sitting not in faith. We're sitting in reality. In other words, time has moved into eternity. The perusia now on some of us by the teaching. The teaching of what? was two pulls. Almost co-equal. But when Bible faith begin to increase, and you become closer and closer to revelation of the presence of God, until the revelation takes over, now that gravitational pull of the presence is greater than the pull of Pentecost, or common sense faith, and it's pulling you, and you've got hardly no control over it all, now that revelation controls you. And the only thing that we can do is say what? Relax your mind. I'm in it. I'm healed. I'm going. Relax the mind. Quit fighting the pull. Just give way to the pull, and he'll pull us right into the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Things not seen is faith. Things that are seen become reality is a revelation. Let's stand this morning, would you? Now, let's just, I, I say, let's just play a drama. Brother Brown told stories. Let's just take the individual out of the way and replace it with, with Jesus, Brother Brown, or someone that you have confidence in. I would like for you to have confidence in me. I've been preaching to you for 40. How, long, how old did you say you was this morning, son? 27? I've been preaching to you for 27 years. How, have I done any good yet at all? Okay. So after 27 years of me preaching to you, I don't know that I've ever told you a lie or told you something that wasn't true. Then how long is it going to take for people to believe and take your word for it? Who else's word are you going to take for it? Now, I, re I know that every false prophet in the world tells you the same thing. But faith is basically being assured of a man's word for it based on validity that it is true. Now, if you've never been healed, then you, don't, you know healed is true, but you don't have never experienced it. You're just taking somebody else's word for it. Healing is never really real to you until you're healed. I remember st standing preaching back there when I didn't know nothing except faith. Living by faith, eating Kentucky Fried Chicken by faith. I went to the doctor and he said, you got heart problems, you're going to have to go to uh, Memphis for what that, angiogram or something, put something, tube down you, whatever they call it. I said, how much that cost, doc? He said, about 20000 I said, I got $20. <laughs> well, you got insurance? No, we don't believe in insurance. We can't afford insurance. We just live by faith. He jerked me off the treadmill. He said, no, you can't. I didn't walk 30 seconds. Jerked me off. said, you got a heart problem. You, I got to take you to Memphis. I said, I'm not, I can't go to Memphis. I got to preach Sunday. So I went home, and I, you know what I preached that Sunday morning? Got it right down there in Campbell. I got up and preached on divine healing. And after about 45 minutes of screaming my guts out and preaching on divine healing, you tell something happened, I was healed right there. 
I said, Lord, just heal me. You go back and play the tape. I probably got the tapes in the basement somewhere. I said, the Lord, just heal me right then. Because you know what I remember? Brother Brown said, you only get what you preach for. I'm preaching for the presence of God and the supernatural anointing to come in this building to us. I'm only concerned about this group right here. Now, if you will help me and agree and take it as the assurance of thus saith the Lord, because the prophet said, thus saith the Lord, the, the pillar of fire is still here. And by the words out of our own mouth, we have the assurance that he will meet my need. He will answer my prayer. If the prophet of God was here today and he stood behind this pulpit, you know what he would do? He would say, all right, it's a little over time. Those that need to, they can be dismissed. But we're going to call a prayer line here. It's got to we're going to have prayer for the sick. And he would call them forth. And he'd play the great physician now is here or some music. And he'd walk them through and simply lay hands upon them. And if there's very many, he'd say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And then walk out healed, healed, healed. Because the name of the Jesus is authority over the darkness and the disease and the devil. His understanding of who he was allowed him to use the name with the revelation that it will work. The people had confidence by seeing the past and experience that he, what he told them would come to pass. So they had confidence that if he told them, you're healed, then they was. Now, if we're to mimic that, if we're to copy that as a congregation, then what I'm saying, before we get out of here, there will not be one sick person in this building. Every one of us will be healed. We will have no sickness. There will be no disease. There will be nothing going in the rapture that has to be healed first. We will be healed before in that anointing. That presence will automatically heal every one of us. Then how do we get the presence here? Well, I'll ask you the question. Since he's already here, what are you going to do about it? If I can... See, I don't have to have a, a give. Say, okay, your name is Bill. To prove you that something is here. It's already been proven. You've got the word of a prophet. You've got this Bible. That God himself is here. Now what are you going to do about it? That's the question. All things are possible. If you can only believe that God's here. And he's more than willing to meet your need this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. You are sovereignly by your grace here this morning. We know that the word preached is true because it comes right out of your word and right out of the mouth of your prophet. Now we know that we cannot produce it because that is not our gift or ministry. But we know that you are here according to Hebrews 13, 8. And since that you do not change, you said that these signs shall follow those that preach the gospel of your presence. That gospel has been preached this morning. And now we have moved from faith to revelation. We have moved to the revelation that you're here in the complete, interpreted, perfect word to raise the dead and change our bodies. And you promised before that would take place, there would come a persecution and a squeeze, and it is here. Now we ask that you move upon our hearts. That you answer our prayer according to the need. 
We have need this morning of divine healing. We have need to remove this demonic power of cancer, the powers of depression, anxiety, fear, guilt, condemnation, all those demons must give way to the name of Jesus. Because you said that every knee, every power, every principality, and every devil would have to bow and give way to the name of Jesus Christ when spoken and used by the mouth of a son of God or a believer. We are believers. And we are justified and have been made righteous in your presence. Therefore, as an assembly of people come into one mind, we agree and decree this morning that every power and every lying devil and every power of darkness will leave the bodies of these people. That every person here now, raising their hearts and their minds and their hands unto thee, as a sign that they receive your word, may every power against your word leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And we speak healing and we decree in the name of Jesus Christ that it is finished, that it is done, and we give you praise and glory for it. And everybody said, Amen and amen and amen. Praise be to God. What are we going to say? He touched me. believes that there was a man 2,000 years ago called Jesus of Nazareth. you believe that? How many believe that they crucified him upon a cross, nailed him to the cross, and he died, give up the ghost? How many believes that the story was that God in 72 hours raised him from the dead? you believe that? You don't know that it is true. You wasn't there. You didn't see it. 
It was 2,000 years ago. You believe it. Let me believe it. You really believe it. You got saved believing it. So how did you get saved? You took somebody's word for it. Because faith cometh by hearing. Now what are you going to do about it? The Savior's come. He did die. He was buried. God did raise him. For your justification, you're righteous. Now what are you going to do about it? It's your decision. You make a decision to believe it. Or you make a decision that you don't believe it. That's where the message people and every sinner and saint stands today. Young people, the only thing that you can do is believe that this is true. And make that decision with your mind. Or believe it is not true. And float on doing your own thing. This squeeze will call for a decision. Is it right or is it not? Any question that it is not true will go through the tribulation. You cannot have one doubt that it is not true. Not one doubt. We preached for 40 years trying to remove all doubt. When Brother Branham said Mark 11 by speaking the squirrels was the last scriptural element, scriptural faith to remove all doubt that the Bible is true. God is here. He spoke things into existence. Now, will you take the prophet's word for it, my word for it, the Bible's word for it, and make a decision that is true, and act accordingly. That's what we're talking about. You do not have to leave this building this morning sick. One time, either now or before you're laying on your deathbed, you will have to make a decision. This is it. Tell God, this is it. I don't look for no more, Lord. You're here. Now, if you don't heal me, then I've got to go. But you're here to heal me. Yeah, I know you're here. I believe with all my heart. I will confess it. My mind won't waver. Whether you do or whether you don't, it's still the truth. This is it. Now, if you're here this morning, you've never made your decision about Jesus Christ, you need to make it. If you're here this morning, you're wavering on the message, whether it's true or not, you need to make that decision. Because it all boils down to now, to a decision. Is it true or is it not? That's all there is to it. Because you're not going to pray something up. We're not going to work nothing up. No more revelation is going to come. No more words going to be fulfilled. The next thing is resurrection and the change of your body. Or the tribulation, one or the other. That's where we're at. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's sing something uplifting. You want to? That's a downer. <laughs> Squeeze persecution is a downer. But it shouldn't be. We should be shouting on sandstone. Praise God. We're very close. We ought to get out of here. Amen. Ah.
What song? I, I say, praise the Lord. He set me free. Hmm? He set me free. No, this, what's that song I usually sing right here? Don't worry, I'm not nervous at all. I'm not old, but I'm not nervous. I know that you're ready to go home and have bar barbecue, but that's all right. It's right here on the page somewhere. Yeah. Must Jesus bear? No, is that it? No, that's not it. Well, 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 well. I tell you what. Let's do then. Let's sing that little old Pentecostal song. How many knows what a little Pentecostal sign song is? This little light of mine. No, no. Everybody knows it's a little Pentecostal sign. Amy's got a little Pentecost in them. Amy's got a lot of Pentecost in them. Pentecost is only the Holy Ghost coming in and filling up a vessel until you got so overflowing that you begin to shout and rejoice in God. We need to be full of Pentecost or full of the Spirit of God. Amen. I would tell you to turn around and shake hands with each other if you got faith to do it. If you don't, bump elbows or cross shoulders or whatever more. But let's just say, oh, this little light of mine.